Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when The Office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone. Today we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 7, Survivor Man. In this episode, it's birthday month, Michael gets out into the wilderness, and Jim sees a glimpse of his future. This episode's cold open is one where it feeds directly into the plot of the episode. And so we see several employees in the break area by the bathrooms talking to Toby about the wilderness retreat, the kind of a corporate wilderness retreat that he had just gone on with Ryan and then several of the other branch managers. Now, Antoinette, can you tell me something? Was Michael invited to this? So Michael was not invited, and every person that gets interviewed in a one-on-one reiterates that to the camera, and the reason for that is that Michael is incredibly upset that he didn't get invited, and it's very clear, and it will become clear uh, later in the season when it's confirmed, Michael did not get invited on purpose. Toby was the chosen representative for the Scranton branch and for every other, and for all the other branches, it seemed to be the managers. Although, side note to point out, when Toby was rattling off the people that were invited, this seemed to be a man-only retreat. Karen from Utica, not invited. Right. And so Toby... I don't know why people were so interested in his stories. Like, it was interesting, but it wasn't so captivating. But I think it was probably to annoy Michael even more, since Toby never really gets to have one over on Michael. Yeah, this this cold open kind of loses it for me, because they have an interstitial with Pam and Phyllis that are almost word-for-word the same thing. And so, and it's another one of those things that I have talked about on the podcast where Michael does all these things that make people upset that should really make them hate him and not want to do nice things for him like they, like the nice things they do for him later on in the show. Sure. And so you have these interstitials with Pam, Phyllis, and Toby where they are talking about Toby going on this trip and the fact that Michael wasn't invited and there is definitely this like you said this kind of joy behind it and so we are seeing the shade and fraud here where that you only get where you you truly do not like somebody Mm -hmm. and you are taking joy in their misfortune yeah there's some mirth uh to everyone's recounting of this corporate retreat And the fact that Michael sort of storms into the kitchen while Toby's talking about, you know, they slept under the stars, they had so many s'mores. I cannot tell the purpose of this retreat. It's supposed to be a get-to-know-you thing, and as Pam pointed out, seems like they already knew everything they needed to know about Michael. I just don't understand. And this is the sort of corporate thing that happened in the boom times. So post the 2008... GFR, the global financial recession, people, I mean, some people are, but some companies are rethinking, do we need to 
pay for like a luxury camping trip, you know. Unfortunately, this is not a great episode in my opinion. Yeah, I would say that this episode is kind of a casualty of the things that were going on in this season overall with the writer's strike and things like that. And so I think there is a lot of potential in this episode that just does not get tapped into because similar to the previous two episodes, this is another very, very short episode. It's only like a 22-ish minute runtime. And so there's really not a whole lot going on. And it is especially true with this episode where like, there's no table setting at all. There's no plot. There's no through lines of plot or anything like this. This is all just fluff, really. Like These are all kind of things that could have been just B or C plots in a separate episode. You know what's interesting is that... According to Wikipedia, this episode and the next one are all they got in the can before production was halted. And so I think that still made a difference, though, because as we saw in the first two or three episodes, we had this combining of what would have probably been two separate episodes. So I'm going to guess there was this once they had to halt production, having to go back and sort of piece together longer episodes because I assume what happened was there was reruns um, that were showing in the slots for all these shows Mm -hmm. you know and so this could have been yeah they didn't have any production halting they didn't have to like come back but this could have been a casualty of it to where like you said there's not these fleshed out table setting or other plot lines Because as we get into the episode, we literally go right into it. You know, Michael is still agonizing over not being invited. And he has Jim in his office. And he's sort of lamenting with Jim. And he's trying to spin this hypothetical. Will Jim essentially go on a corporate retreat into the wilderness with Michael? And in this conversation, Michael kind of poo-poos what this corporate retreat was. And he says that camping isn't, you know in fancy cabins and eating s'mores and things like that it's you know it's getting dirty and it's and it's surviving and that's what real camping is and so he gets hung up on this idea and he is determined to kind of live this idea of camping out people may not know this but you know who loves a good survivor type show curtis He often will watch like those just randomly. It's not often, but enough that he's like, yeah, why not? Like one of those shows on Discovery, like the Naked or Afraid or Alone and Afraid or, you know, whatever. Uh, Even just before recording this episode, he was watching a Survivor type isolation in the wilderness show. So he is well versed. True. I was watching Alone on Netflix. Um... Anytime that Castaway is on TBS or HBO or whatever and you just need to fill some time, I'll put that on. I'll watch it at any point in uh, in wherever it's picked up at. It's your version of a law and order procedural type thing. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Need to fill something, we'll just turn that on. So Curtis knows what he's talking about when it comes to wilderness survival type things. And really... 
that's not to me. Okay, we are not campers. Let's just uh, yeah, preface true. this discussion. Perhaps it's me living vicariously <laughs> through these people. I have gone to Girl Scout camp where we stayed in a very lovely heated lodge, but and this was just once. I was not a Girl Scout for very long. So that is the extent of my like camping knowledge. It sounds fun in theory to me. I don't know enough about it. I don't know how to put up a tent. I don't know how to like cook over a flame. I also am the type of person that gets eaten alive by being outside for 10 minutes if there are mosquitoes around. So there's a part of that that is not appealing to me in the slightest. I do enjoy hiking. I do enjoy being outdoors. But to me, there's a big difference in saying, I'm going to go camping in this wilderness retreat thing where we're sleeping under the stars and we're probably having a campfire or going to summer camp versus I'm going to be put in the middle of the wilderness with, with, you know, random tools or a iron chef assortment of whatever someone put together for me and I'm going to survive. And if, you know, if I need to tap out, the camera crew will come and save me. Yeah. Yeah. And so Michael decides that he is going to do this. He employs Dwight to find him the only two things that he will need in the wilderness, which is duct tape and a knife, and prepares himself to head out to the Pennsylvania wilderness. Which they keep repeating that, and it's probably part of the gag a little bit. Not that there's not wilderness in a lot of places, in most every state. I mean... You, Pennsylvania, you have the Appalachians that run straight through there. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are some very remote areas of Pennsylvania in, in, in the Appalachian Mountains. And so Michael has Dwight take him out to the middle of nowhere. He blindfolds himself with his tie just so he has no idea where he is at and how to get back to the office. And so Dwight takes him out and just puts him down in the middle of the woods. Michael's also a little bit of a drama queen about this because as they're leaving, he says to Pam, I will be gone for the rest of the day. Dwight will be back. I'll probably be gone the next day and the day after that. And Jim's in charge. And Pam, Pam's response is, do you want me to ask where you're going? He says no. And she's like, okay, cool. And then he has to proceed to dramatically say he's going to get in touch with the wilderness he's gonna find himself he's gonna survive it's sort of this challenge that he's taking on what's interesting is you can see michael's impulsiveness here because he's leaving truly in his suit and his regular business shoes you know his oxford type shoes nothing that is actually sufficient for even just if you were going camping like in your backyard sort of thing so it's just this impulse that he wants to do this thing he has to prove that he should have been on this wilderness retreat it doesn't quite compute but it makes sense for him Dwight really tries to help him out he tries to concuss him saying that it would be better if he had a concussion because then he really wouldn't know where he was at if he wants to do this the right way this is how to do it and so in true Survivor Man style, Michael is going to be documenting this the whole time. He has a handy cam and a tripod that he sets up and he has little, you know, interstitials with 
and just kind of talks through what he's seeing, what he's feeling, and what he's doing. And the first thing that Michael does is that he says it's a little warm for how he is dressed, which, like Antoinette said, is still in his full business suit. And he says that the sun is in the two-thirds easterly quadrant, which means it's about, and he checks his watch and says it's two o'clock. And so, yeah, it's probably a little warm. And so Michael decides to make himself a little cooler by using the knife to cut off the legs of his pants. And we also see that he does cut off the sleeves of his jacket as well eventually. So he takes his jacket off and after doing so, he does the very like survivalist thing in explaining how the things that he everything that he has can be used in some way and so he is explaining how he's going to repurpose the pieces of cloth that he has cut from his pants except he's an idiot and he the only things that he does to repurpose those things into are other articles of clothing that really are kind of pointless he says he takes his jacket off and says that this can be repurposed into a backpack of sorts and he just does it by like tying it around his neck he looks like a 1950s college co-ed right and then he makes one of his pant legs into a hat and then the other he makes into a scarf for what purpose yeah so really yeah like they he doesn't do anything of worth here besides ruin his clothes he also tells the camera how he can use the duct tape to make a a drinking implement of some sort but you know he has actually no idea how to do any of these things yeah he wants to make a boat out of the duct tape and i don't know why that would be useful at all Dwight has decided that he's not actually going to leave Michael behind. He invites the camera crew, the documentary crew, to come and stay with him and observe Michael from afar, that he's going to give Michael unseen moral support. And Dwight says he will allow Michael to die if necessary, but he will just boost him as much as he can. What's interesting is that Dwight actually really knows how to survive in the wilderness. Michael is getting a little antsy. It's been about three or four hours and he decides he's hungry. So he decides to make a spear that he will impale his dinner on, but he doesn't really know how to do that. Meanwhile, Dwight has found a bird nest and is cooking up some eggs for lunch. Michael does finally admit that he was mad, that he was upset he didn't get invited on that retreat with Ryan, and then it sounded cool because he thinks he's all alone, he can say whatever's on his mind, so he takes the opportunity to just yell out to this guy. If there is one thing that we learned from Michael's Survivor Man experience, it's that he exclusively knows how to repurpose his clothes. So we see later on that it has cooled off a bit, so Michael uses the duct tape to re-tape the pant legs <laughs> back onto his pants and the sleeves back onto his jacket. And then after that, we see that he has made a tent out of all of his clothes so he can sleep there or have some shelter or whatever. 
and it is after this that Michael finally gives in to his hunger and finds some mushrooms growing at the base of a tree. And he is getting ready to eat these. And this is when we see Dwight kind of go back on what he stated earlier in the episode when he said that he was willing to let Michael die in order to keep his dignity. <laughs> and Dwight comes running out of nowhere to keep Michael from eating these mushrooms because they were probably poisonous. It's very lucky that Dwight stayed behind and had a strong understanding of who Michael is and what his abilities are. I mean, Dwight straight up said he didn't believe that Michael could survive in the wilderness at all. And really, within the same day, Michael is back in the office. He's not wearing his re-put-together, refashioned suit. He's wearing a Battlestar Galactica sweatshirt that he clearly borrowed from Dwight. But the survivor man method of camping, not up Michael's alley. As Michael is out on his excursion, he puts Jim in charge of the office. And at one point, Angela comes up to him and says, it's Creed's birthday, so we need to get him a cake. And Jim says, I thought it just was Creed's birthday. And Angela points out that it was Kelly's the previous week. And she points out that it is birthday month. And so Kelly, Creed, Oscar, and Meredith all have birthdays within this month. And so Jim comes up with the idea to celebrate birthday month as one big thing. And I can't tell if he means that all four of those people will be having their birthday party at that time, or if it's everyone will have their birthday recognized at this time. I believe it's the latter. And because Jim tells the camera there are 13 people in this office, so 13 times a year, we have this big party. And there are streamers and banners and balloons. And there's a cake. And Michael sings High Harmony. And he is super into birthday surprises. And we get various, you know, as Jim's talking, we get these sort of flashbacks or scenes of Michael doing all these things. People seem to genuinely enjoy having their birthday recognized. And Angela, as the party planning committee person, takes all this on. Now, there are some really inappropriate aspects to these birthday celebrations because it wouldn't be an office celebration if Michael Scott was not inappropriate. So Jim says, let's kind of cut this out, cut out this time wasting, and we'll just have one birthday celebration every year and it's just a recognition of everyone's birthdays now problem one is that he's doing this mid-year and he's problem two is he's doing this on someone's actual birthday so he's going to change everything midstream on a day that someone was probably expecting because just last week they did it for somebody else I'm going to say this is a real dumb move on Jim's part because now I understand that birthday experiences with Michael Scott can maybe wear on you a little bit. But in my mind, like that's a time to not work all that much and you get cake and treats and stuff like that. Like why would somebody want to not have that happen more often than just one time a year? Especially someone that isn't really into work like Jim. 
And we talked about birthdays in season two when it was Michael's birthday. And birthdays really are just for your parents to celebrate that you are actually born that day. But people in the office care very deeply about these birthday celebrations. And that is where Jim completely misread his coworkers. Because he sent out a memo. He really thought this is a good idea. And Pam, Pam's role in this is interesting. I'd love to get your take on this, Curtis. Because Pam overhears this initial idea that Jim is saying to Angela. And so she comes over and she's like, huh, one birthday celebration. Like, how about that? And Jim is really patting himself on the back. He's like, this is just a great idea. And Pam's like, okay. So she sees all the problems. He, she's going to let him feel the consequences of his own decisions. Curtis, what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I agree with you in that Pam is just kind of willing to let Jim drown in this and kind of watch in amusement from afar because it's pretty low stakes. Yeah. Like this isn't going to change anything. This isn't going to, you know, cost the the office money or whatever. And so it's kind of a harmless thing to just be like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm going to let this ride out and enjoy watching this go down in flames. As the day goes on and more and more people come to Jim saying, well, I want this flavor of cake, which is what they would have done. It seems like everyone that it's their actual birthday, it seems like they get to choose the type of cake that they get. So Jim has to say yes to these all these requests because he's already said yes to Meredith getting the type of cake she wants. And then Creed says, well, it's my actual birthday. I want a peach pie. Andy wants a fudgy the whale cake and mushroom caps. Toby, whose birthday didn't even get recognized because Michael doesn't like Toby, he wants in on this too. And that's where it's a little confusing on, is it just the people whose month it is because it, it's not super clear. Because, uh, I mean, I'm, I could be incorrect here, but I don't think Andy was named in that group of people saying, Right. This is, this is whose birthday was this month. And so I think we are, like, Andy is just being Andy here and be like, uh, wait, hold on. I like this thing, so I want it at the, at the birthday party. So, yeah, it is kind of confusing. Is this a whole birthday month? celebration or is this a everybody gets their birthday celebrated on this day because you can in just seeing how people are reacting to this you can see the logistical problems that are arising in that everybody wants a piece of their birthday in this celebration and so they want i want you know like meredith said i want devil's food cake and you know Creed wants a cobbler. And so you're going to have like 10 different birthday treats because that's what somebody wants. I have two thoughts on this birthday thing. And this is probably what we're going to spend the bulk of our episode analysis on. I always felt bad for, you know, in elementary school for the kids that had summer birthdays because this is exactly what happened for those kids. It was like, okay, your birthday is going to happen between June and August. So we're just going to have an end of year celebration for all those. Like, you know, once a week through May, those kids get to bring in treats or whatever for their birthday. 
But as you become an adult, summer is the best time to have a birthday because you get to go, you can kind of really celebrate it. And it's not like, oh, it's 10 degrees out if I'm trying to have a night out. The grumbling and sort of the mutiny and everyone getting together in the break room to complain about Jim and the decisions is exactly what happens in a workplace over small things like this, over how to celebrate a birthday or how to have like a monthly potluck to the point to where people are like, oh my God, it's not worth it. We're not going to do these fun little things that sort of make office life enjoyable. And so Jim has heard all of these complaints and he just wants to kind of take a straw poll of the office to figure out how people are feeling about the joint birthday celebration. And he asks who has a problem with it and everyone raises their hand. So he scraps the idea, except all of these plans are already in motion. So they still have a big birthday celebration, but now I guess Creed just gets a larger birthday celebration than anyone else would have. And they have a bunch of extra desserts. Right. And that scene plays out in a very interesting way because Jim, tired of sort of being hassled, had gone into Michael's office. He's really taking on sort of the personality and decision-making of Michael. So after Toby comes in and asks to be included, that's when Jim goes out and says, you know what, we're going to have a conversation about this birthday thing. And Pam makes the suggestion, conference room? And Jim right away is like, yeah, conference room, five minutes, before realizing, oh, you know who does pointless conference room meetings? Michael. So he says, nope, we're going to talk this out right here. And as they're having the discussion and he realizes that literally everyone has a problem with this, Phyllis has a question and she calls him Michael. And that's when Jim realizes, oh my God, I've been seduced by the job maybe I thought I had this great idea I misread everyone everyone was kind of being a a bit of a baby about it but I misread this thing I had temporary power and this went poorly and so he reneged on the whole idea and they just have a birthday party for Creed And this is where Michael returns to the office, like Antoinette said, in the Battlestar Galactica sweatsuit (laughs) and joins in for birthday, for Creed's birthday song. And as everybody is kind of just enjoying the party, he and Jim sit together off to the side. And Jim says that he's glad that Michael's back because, you know, things got a little hectic with uh, trying to make one birthday celebration. And Michael says that, yeah, he tried to do that before and it did not turn out well. And he says that, you know, give it 10 years and these are the kinds of things that you just kind of figure out. And Jim says that he doesn't plan on being there in 10 years. And Michael responds with, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I thought as well. And so... I have a problem with this here because with with this conversation and then the stuff with Jim calling a conference in the conference room and Phyllis calling him Michael, things like that, I feel like they really half-hearted this 
connection that they are trying to make. Like, they really rushed it in that. It's the first time it's come up. Yeah, and, and that, like, there's, like, Jim is not not acting like Michael in any way except for starting to hate Toby when he is in his office and just saying conference room five minutes. like And having a bad idea. Well, I wouldn't say it's a bad idea in the sense that it's not a Michael bad idea. Sure. <laughs> it's it's just a idea that was not well received and like yeah. could have been better implemented if at the beginning of the year this change we're like all right, hey, we're not going to we're not going to do individual birthday celebrations anymore on July 15th, you know, somewhere around the middle of the year. We're going to have a half day of work, and then the last half of that day is just going to be one big birthday party. Yeah, that's the thing. You can't do this midstream, like you said. You have to start out in the beginning of the year and say, okay, for 2021, all birthdays are going to be celebrated in this manner. So, yeah. And so them trying to draw this parallel of Jim becoming Michael or Jim, you know, being Michael in the future or whatever – just doesn't come through for me except mm-hmm. for this kind of forced conversation at the end of the day where Jim, where Michael's just like, oh, yeah, you know, just wait 10 years. Right. And so that pretty much wraps up anything of importance in this episode, as little of it as there was. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about this episode. So to piggyback off the conversation we were just having about Jim and Michael... This episode is a bit of foreshadowing of future seasons in how uh, Jim's career advances within the company. This episode was written by Steve Carell. It's his second writing credit after Casino Night. Kind of a different tone there. And the producers got permission from the Survivor Man host, Les Stroud, to parody the show in this episode. And Les Stroud recently gave an interview saying that this was such a highlight of his career the fact that his show got parodied on like a mainstream comedy one thing i want to point out is some continuity issues and some incongruities with the show if you think back to season one and we know that the show didn't quite have its legs yet but there's an episode i think it's maybe the third or fourth episode where they're talking about celebrating meredith's birthday And the reason they do so is because there's the threat of downsizing and Michael is trying to bring some levity and joy to the office. And they have to search for someone's birthday and they celebrate Meredith's birthday a month early. But that doesn't line up with what Angela described as birthday month because Kelly's, Creed's, Meredith, and Oscar are all together And then Kevin points out in the episode that Jim's birthday was just three weeks prior. So there's some issues. They should have picked someone else besides Meredith as part of the birthday group. Mm -hmm. Also, we've never seen Michael go all out for birthdays like Jim was describing. And there are, there's a future episode in season five where there's a birthday. It's Stanley's birthday and Michael doesn't do 
the high harmony. He doesn't do the crazy surprises. So sometimes I wish the show, I know it's a comedy, but sometimes the episodes are too insular. Like there's not enough of these through lines uh, that are pretty, I think, easy to maybe pay attention to sometimes. Another thing I want to point out annex wise Mm -hmm. is that this, you can tell this episode is shot in California because they are in a coniferous forest. Yeah. (laughs) Rather than the deciduous forest that would be in Pennsylvania. That is a really good point. Those trees are not saying that trees in in Pennsylvania wouldn't be massive, but they are massive like you see in these California redwood type forests. Curtis, who got fired this episode? So we lose Michael because in his conversation with Jim and this kind of being butthurt about not getting to go on the camping trip he is kind of making fun of what the trip was like it was just you know a bunch of guys playing around in the woods and he he alludes to the fact that that sounds kind of gay he makes a broke back mountain joke but he calls it broken mountain mm. and so that's not a great look no michael's gonna get fired for that it's his sixth firing this season it's his 32nd overall we also lose dwight because of the montage of him collecting his weapons this is also not the first time we have seen dwight have to collect a cache of weapons from the office and so if he didn't get fired before which he did (laughs) but if he did it it would this would be like the third time that we have seen this happen and so yes dwight has to go for that It's his third firing of the season. It's his ninth overall. And these weapons are varied and numerous and dangerous. I mean, when Michael asks for a knife, he goes uh, towards Meredith's area and he pulls out this um, sleeve. It's sort of like, I assume that's what you would take hunting because it has a camo pattern and he opens it up and there's just several knives in there so i'm sure they have varying purposes for probably skinning your prey what is your dundee my dundee is the he already has his mind made up award and it goes to stanley so when people are grouped together in the break room and they're complaining about this birthday celebration and kind of wondering like what they're going to be eating is this really happening Stanley says he already took extra insulin for the day, and if he doesn't have cake soon, he's going to die. Oscar points out, why don't you just have an apple? Stanley's retort is, why don't you mind your own business? (laughs) Something I noticed in watching this episode, I don't know if this was, if that was a scripted line or if it was ad-libbed or whatever, but you can see Oscar break. I noticed that too. Just as the camera cuts away, you could see him just like crack a smile and probably he's holding back laughter. <laughs> because it's so quick but harsh, like like shut up. And especially in Stanley's just yes. monotone, dry yes. delivery. It and, it really works well. And for sure. I've been we've all been in that situation where you just you have this fixed in your mind what you actually want to eat. And it's not there, they're out of it or something. And you're like, I wanted this specific type of cake or cookie or whatever. And so Stanley wants cake. He's not going to take a sweet fruit. What is your Dundee? 
My Dundee is the Power Grab Award, and that goes to Jim, who is making some really drastic changes for only being named temporary boss. For essentially just making sure people work for two days. Yeah, yeah, and even not even two days. I have to imagine that everyone in that office knew that Michael was going to be back, if not later that day, <laughs> definitely the next day. And so Jim being placed in charge of the just the day-to-day running of the office, he tries to make a blanket change that will affect everyone for the rest of the year, potentially f- for the foreseeable future in just half of a day where he was, Michael was just like, yeah, please just make sure things run. Who is your employee of the month? I chose Toby because he just got such joy from being included in the retreat and he doesn't often get the upper hand with Michael and he does here and he got to be included and to feel good. And so kudos to Toby. What about you? My employee of the month is Creed because it's his birthday, but also because he makes the correct choice in his birthday dessert in choosing a pie slash cobbler over a cake. Pie is the superior dessert choice, and I will fight anyone who thinks otherwise. Pie is very good. Better than cake, which is often dry. Yeah, with the potential exception of ice cream cake. I'll say Andy makes a decent choice here. If I was going to have cake, ice cream cake would be the choice. Cookie cake. But that's just a big cookie. It's literally just a big cookie. But yes, pie is the superior dessert. (laughs) And so that will do it for this week's episode. Please follow us on Twitter at DownsizingPod to get all the latest updates. And continue listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to us. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, like, and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there. We hope you are staying safe, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.